This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 339. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this episode we take a look at the season finale of Dexter New Blood. This is the 10th episode in the 10 part miniseries as released by Showtime. So when we've done this we are finished these Dexter episodes and I will be honest and I'll say it up front right at the start I've had a fucking ball doing this I am not saying I won't do another horror TV show again actually I think I probably will it's just we'll need to find the right one the right time and one that is episodic like Dexter was week on week but as soon as the next TV show hits the bill uh, give me suggestions of what you'd like me to cover and we will do it very much in the format we've been doing here. Now, this episode is dropping on a Tuesday, one day later than the Dexter episodes have been. The reason behind that is Podcast Under the Stairs has officially returned to your airwaves with our planned content. Uh, Yesterday's episode was our end of year podcast, our top 20 of 2021. Please check out that episode. Tons of filmic recommendations from this guy here and go and see how much your list matched up with mine. Moving forward in this week, we have loads coming your way. On Thursday, you will get the Movie Club announcement as we give you a new director to kick off a four-part series. But guess what? There's a twist. We're bookending this year with this director. We'll be doing a four-part series up the front and a four-part series to conclude spanning many decades of this director's work. So you'll be getting your first movie assignment this coming Thursday. On Saturday, we'll be doing Hotel Poseidon, which has just made its way to the Arrow Player. Arrow video will be putting it out later on in the year. And I got a screener copy and I will be watching it and reviewing it for you guys to check out. And then on Sunday, 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 of course, we will be returning to the warm bosom of the 88 Films Italian Classic Collection or Italian Collection. I say Italian Classic Collection because there's more classics than that than there was in the Slasher Classic Collection. But yeah, we'll be doing The Nun and the Devil, which very much sounds like a complete rip-off of Ken... Russell's The Devils. And if that's the case, I'm down to clown on that shiz. On the Teapots Collective, nothing this week. So bask in the glory of a empty feed there. Shall we do this? Shall we get into it? Shall we talk about the, the season finale of what I would say has been one of the finest returns to form in TV history? Did it stick the landing or are we going to be left with egg on our face staring at a mumpy Dexter cutting down trees 
living alone as a lumberjack. All will come your way in this spoilerific review. Coming right up, right after this. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GOHpod at www.gohpod.com as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. There's strong evidence that your fire was arson. Can you think of anyone you crossed recently? No one comes to mind. Hey, I am the phoenix. I rise from the ashes. No one will tell me what's happening. The world needs us. I trusted you. I need all the backup I can get. You'll see what real evil looks like. And welcome back, ladies and gents. So, you've just heard a small teaser for the tenth and final episode of Dexter New Blood. This one was called Sins of the Father and originally aired on January the 9th, 2022. This uh, story for this one, completely done by Clyde Phillips. He's the guy that brought the show back, heavily involved with the show running through the first four seasons. And it's based obviously on the characters uh, of Jeff Lindsay and the, the, the Dexter novels. The director here, Marco Siega, who's done the vast majority of episodes in this season. Uh, cast for this episode, Michael C. Hall, Jack Alcott, Julia Jones, Johnny Sequoia, Al Almo Miller, Clancy Brown, Jennifer Carpenter, Jamie Chung, Shuler Hensley, David Majidov, Michael Lawrence, Awit Temi, half of these people were not in this episode, but thanks IMDb, Gavin Maddox-Berman, Colin Allen, Kimmy Ann Dunn, Giselle Jimenez, uh, Eric King, who has a small appearance in here as Dokes, surprise, motherfucker. Uh, we also got a little bit of Angel Batista, just a little bit and a tiny flashback to La Guerra, and um, we're going to get to it all here, but I said on my previous episode there was only one of three ways that they could finish this, and wouldn't you know it, they finished it in one of the three ways I said that they would. Um, logically, there's only three ways you can finish a Dexter TV show. We've already tried one swing at it, and that was not satisfying to the audience, which left us, if you take Dexter rides off into the sunset out of the equation, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but we might as well get this conversation out of the way at the front. If you take Dexter getting away, right, off the off the table because that happened before yes some people didn't like it um some people felt it was stupid and the mechanism that in which they did use to make him disappear so to speak was a bit silly but the idea of dexter being out there for all eternity i mean uh, i don't know how satisfying that is 
if I'm honest, as much as selfishly as I want seasons and seasons and seasons of Dexter to continue because he's a great character, one of the first great anti-villains of the kind of golden age of TV. I think he kind of just predates a lot of the, the mass interest in like quality fucking violent TV. So if we take that off the table, we had one or two options left. One option was that he would die. And the other option would be that he would finally be arrested and stand for his crimes. And this show kind of did both. And in a way which at times was very satisfying, I'll be honest, in some respects also felt a bit clumsy. And we will get to some of the negatives on this episode. I will say up front though, I like this one. Um, I'm seeing a, a divided internet. Surprise, a fucking prize there. Surprise, motherfucker. Uh, I'm seeing a divided internet on this one with some people saying they did the show right and the character right and other people saying, what the hell have you done? So, uh, there's no real easy way to get into this one except like literally just sit down here and, and get into the story proper. There isn't really many story threads in this one, so we're just essentially going to do the narrative of the story here. Um, we kind of begin into this episode with um, Dexter and crew. Uh, returning to the smouldering remains of his house the following morning. As you remember in the previous episode, he was staying at his uh, his girlfriend's house, the, the you know chief of police, Angela Bishop. Um, him and his son Harrison were staying with Angela and Audrey in their house um, because their house had been burned down by Kurt Caldwell, who is he... I told you, smart motherfucker. Like, he was a bit silly in places, but uh, Kurt Caldwell's revenge looms large over this episode. Um, like, very large over this episode. It's kind of funny, actually, he's the guy that essentially brings Dexter down, but... Um, so, we have them return to this modern site. Essentially, people are coming out to help. Dexter's already working on an exit strategy. He wants away from Iron Lake with Harrison. Now that he knows that Harrison, like him, has embraced his dark passenger. I mean, giant question mark <laughs> like behind that because he didn't really kill anyone. Not only didn't he really kill anyone, he didn't really help dismember the body either. But Dexter's all cards on the table, all chips pushed in. Here we go. Um, you know, let, let's do this. I, I call your hand, Mr. Dealer. Um, so he's really gambled the house on this one. Um, as Julia's kind of working through the records, remember at the end of the previous episode, she received a letter, most likely from Kurt Caldwell, which says Dexter killed... Uh, Mike Caldwell, and it contained all the, the pins in the plate from his leg. We know that Dexter had one such pin, and as Angela is working through the uh, the kind of the wreckage of the property, um, the, we're trying to establish what it is that could have caused someone to burn down this house. Angela knows that has been arson because the the chief of fire or what fire chief, whatever we call them in America. Um, He's concluded that uh, an accelerant's been used on the property. Um, Harrison covers for his dad, saying, listen, there was these wrestling guys that came out here to get vengeance for that guy whose arm I snapped viciously. Um, and, you know, they attacked me. Maybe this is them just 
taking it to the next level. So Angela looks like she's about to send Logan to find out who these people are and she comes across something in the, the smouldering ruins as of course the pin that Kurt had sent Dexter as a warning to say, listen, I know you killed my boy. And really, that's all Angela needs now. She's already kind of got a working theory that, by the way, Dexter Morgan is probably the Bay Harbor Butcher. So we jump back to a, a kind of scene of them all getting ready to have dinner. Angela's outside. They come in. Angela creates an excuse for Audrey and Harrison to go away. And then she pulls a gun out on Dexter. Logan comes in and they arrest him. Uh, arrest him for the murder of one Mike Caldwell. We then kind of follow them, and she, by the way, she ain't playing in this one. She is stone cold in this one. She is, uh, like, Bishop 316 says, I just arrested your ass. Um, she takes him in and she starts the interrogation. And, of course, she forces him to use his name, Dexter Morgan, and just lays out the case on the table. Listen, I know you did this here's the reasons why you, I got this letter, here's all these pins, by the way these pins are registered so we know who they were used on, you had one of these pins in your house and you know case closed book him Dano and Dexter originally tries the charm offensive that we see him do, he's kind of dismissive, smug and kind of charming all in one, Michael C. is a fucking great actor and very few actors could pull it off to this level and he basically says listen it's clearly Kurt that did this. He sent you that letter. He obviously murdered his son. You know, you you thought he had killed your friend and he's framing me. He clearly is the guy that set my house on fire and he's clearly the person that put the pin in there. Now, I'm just going to say here, now, I'm no criminal prosecutor. I'm no DA, is what I'm saying to you listeners out there. But Dexter could easily walk from this. There's no evidence at all that he's a killer. Like, zero evidence. No forensic evidence. Uh, yes, a pin was found, but, uh, you know, whoever gave him that pin also sent a letter to the chief pointing the fingers at Dexter. More pins, actually, than anything else. So I would be inclined, um, as a lawyer, to say this is an easy case to defend Dexter, which is the frustrating thing as to where this episode kind of starts to go bear with me on this one because this is the downside of sins of the father everything else i love this is the downside though so basically um dexter puts you know a bit of a a bit of a let's put it this way a bit reasonable doubt i think is probably what they use in legal terms uh you know there's absolutely no way any court is going to convict me of this because what do you actually have out with a pin uh, which could have been put there by anyone are my fingerprints even on it most likely burned off come on let's play the game here ladies and gents um angela starts to get very heated logan comes in tells her to calm down um and at this point harrison and audrey arrive they want to know what the fuck is going on um Angela is charging Dexter anyway, she's going to keep him there, um, and she takes Audrey outside. We get a, a kind of soft moment between 
um, Harrison and Dexter, where Dexter basically says to Harrison, listen, we're, I'm going to get out of this. Their case is razor thin. You think I did this thing. Um, but they don't really have the evidence for it. And we're going to, we're you know, we still need to go somewhere. The world needs us, is the line that he says. Like, they are the, the superheroes doing good. The world needs us. And tells Harrison to stay over at the the bar that has the lodgings across the road, which Harrison duly goes off to do. Um, we get a conversation between Angela and Audrey. This isn't really well tied up in this episode, if I'm honest. There's a couple of things that... There's a couple of things overall in this season that don't really come to fruition that kind of feels like ideas that don't necessarily go in the place that would make sense. But once again, I'm not going to penalise it for that at this stage. Um... So, like, Angela's basically saying to Audrey, listen, Dexter did a bad thing. He's a dangerous guy. Harrison's clearly not a dangerous boy, so don't worry about him. But I want you to go home and spend the night there. Don't interact with anyone. And I will give you the full story tomorrow. Um, Dexter is being Dexter. Uh, you know, just generally clowning around and uh, trying to see if he can charm his way out of this. We also have, um, like... Detective Teddy or Patrolman Teddy or whoever the fuck Teddy is uh, has been sent out to Kurt Caldwell's house because, you know, actually Dexter might have a point here about Kurt Caldwell and Teddy phones back to say, listen, Kurt has cleaned out his property the money's all gone, clothes are all gone uh, vehicle, interestingly, still here but, you know, he's gone, he's gone, gone um, and Angela's like, you need to stay there and you can see that Logan's maybe starting to come around to, you know, there's enough reasonable doubt. In fact, he all but says to, to Angela, listen, th this is the thin case. You know, <laughs> we really need more than than what we have here. So Angela uh, decides that, fuck it, she's going to she's gonna uh, beat the hornet's nest, so to speak. And she phones, wait for it, Angel Batista, who returns in this episode for... A cameo that doesn't really do anything out with maybe, maybe is the catalyst for Dexter going on the run. Um, we're going to get into this as well. I don't necessarily think this makes a lot of sense. Actually, since watching it and it finished about 10, 15 minutes ago, there's a couple of things here that doesn't, that don't add up really, if I'm being honest, at the same time. I would argue... And I think I would argue successfully, I know why the show did it, right? It's to it's to bring finality here. We're, we're not doing FYI, ladies and gents. If you're listening to this, I'm hoping that you watch the episode. Dexter Morgan ain't coming back. Or is he? We'll talk about that uh, at the end um, as to some of the news stories that have dropped today. But anyway, anyway. Bear with me, folks. Bear with me. So what we have, essentially, is Hearthphone and Batista and saying, you know, uh, talk to me about the Bay Harbour Butcher. And he's like, that, well, it was Sergeant Dokes. And she's like, yeah, but how well did you know Dokes? And he's like, listen, I worked beside him for 10 years at the desk, desk opposite him. And the longer that times went on, the more I actually think, you know, Dokes wasn't the guy. In fact, my wife was convinced that Dokes wasn't the guy. And she's like, oh, who's your wife? And he's like, Lieutenant Liguera or Captain Liguera or whoever she was before she died. Um... And she had a theory it was someone else. And she's like, oh, well, uh, who did she think it was? And very blasé, Batista's like, 
that Dexter Morgan, you know, that Dexter Morgan guy that I mentioned before without mentioning anything about my wife uh, thinking he was a fucking serial killer. That's a fun story. That's the sort of story that you tell someone at a cop convention. By the way, right, not only did uh, the, the, you know, the press and the law think that Dokes was the killer who sat opposite me, but my wife, my wife, ladies and gents, thought it was the guy that was my best friend in the department, uh, one Dexter Morgan. So yeah, I was potentially surrounded by two serial killers. But anyway, um, he's like, yeah, but Dexter's dead. My wife's dead as well, by the way. So LaGuardia ain't coming back. And um, I, I, this scene's clumsy, but it kind of did make me smile. She's like, well, give me a second. Check your email. Checks his email. There's a photo of Angela and Dexter. And of course, Batista's shocked and he's like when was this photo taken and she's like it was taken last month and he's like Dexter Morgan's alive and she's like yeah Dexter Morgan is alive and then for some reason Batista pulls from a drawer beside him a folder investigating LaGuerta's death which we assume had evidence in it that Dexter was the killer now I was racking my brains here like seriously racking my brains I can't remember if, if, I mean, I might be wrong here. Like, I, I could easily be wrong here. But my understanding was that Deborah killed Laguerra. <laughs> Am I wrong about that? that? Like, that might just be a, a like a, a kind of forgotten memory. But my my memory, my memory distinctly was that Dexter was going to kill Laguerra. Dexter didn't kill Laguerra. And Laguerra was... Um, was shot, wasn't she? So like none of the none of the hallmarks of the Bay Harbor butcher here, right? None none of the things that you would expect from the butcher case. Ergo, none of the things that you'd be like that. Uh, well, I've been investigating this cold case for ten years, and I think Dexter did it. Anyway, <laughs> um, Batista's like, God damn it, I'm gonna be up there in the morning. And at this point, this kind of spurs. Angela into action. She drags Dexter through. We get a good old-fashioned combo between the two of them, and she's like, "Listen, I know there's a good chance that you're going to get away with the Matt Caldwell murder, right? It's almost a given, right? But I'm going to try my fucking hardest to make sure that you fall for this one because I know that you're a killer and I know that you did this." And Dexter's like, mm. <laughs> "I mean." Still a bit thin. And she's like, listen, further to that, I want you to take a look at some photos. Look at this guy, this drug dealer that you beat up. And he's like, yep, I beat up this guy. And she's like, well, look at this photo. He was injected with something. And by the way, you took large amounts of ketamine and needles from the local vet. And he's like, yep, because my goat was sick. You already knew this. And she's like, shap. Anyway, like he said he was injected uh, with ketamine while you attacked him. And he's like, well, I mean... When I, I was in here when he was getting questioned and he clearly wasn't suffering the effects of ketamine. Um, and she's like, yeah, but you didn't get to do it in time. And he's like, right, whatever. And then she's like, well, look at the drug dealer. The drug dealer has this mark. He was injected with ketamine. And he's like, right, I, I don't know where you're going with this. And she's like, well, you know, it's, there's a pattern in here. And this pattern leads to the photos of these dead bodies, which were Bay Harbor Butcher victims. You, Dexter Morgan, are the Bay motherfucking Harbor Butcher. Case closed for the second time this episode, Bookham Dano. 
Now, once again, not an attorney here. Um, there's no physical evidence linking Dexter to the crimes. And this is a case closed. Like, they closed the book on the Bay Harbor Butcher, which means, unless I'm wrong, America, um, they'd have to posthumously remove the conviction on Dokes which I don't think they would do and reopen the investigation and try Dexter with no fucking evidence out with he ran away fake killing himself. So I think Dexter walks away on this one too. But, you know, he's like, right, whatever. And she's, well, you know, I've spoken to your old friend Batista who's on his way up here. And Dexter looks very serious at this. And he decides to play his essentially final card of this episode and the final card of this episode is like turn the cameras off so she turns the cameras off and he's like listen you want to know what true evil is true evil is kurt caldwell go to his cabin walk 100 yards from the door you'll find a hatch go to the hatch and you will see the missing bodies of all these missing women on the board that you've been investigating he's been doing it for 25 years and she's like don't fuck with me and he's like i'm not fucking with you You've been investigating this case. Everyone's called you crazy. You want to see what true evil looks like? You go there. And of course, she bites and off she fucks to, to, to get this sorted out, leaving essentially Logan and uh, Dexter alone. Dexter plays on the old heartstrings in this, basically saying, you know, like uh, a boy shouldn't grow up without his father. Logan goes across, uh, gets some food for Dexter, then goes and eats with Harrison, kind of quizzing Harrison about what's going on and Harrison's like listen I didn't arrive here until after the murders although we know he arrived slightly before but he's like I, I don't know anything about this Logan's like you're a good kid let me go back and speak to your dad and Dexter is now like fucked right and we get a, a Deb's conversation very few Deb's conversations in this episode actually where she's like you know you couldn't just keep it in your pants could you just like you couldn't just not kill someone we were doing so fucking well and this is what happens when you kill someone like you were all worried all this time about how you wouldn't be able to control things yet you were controlling things and look the first time you lost control you fucked yourself you know and Dexter has had enough he basically tells her to go away or shut up or whatever and sets the plan in motion for what is the out in this episode. He calls Logan through, saying he needs a bottle of water. When Logan passes it through, bang! Um, he grabs him, puts him in a neck lock. Logan, obviously being the hero, doesn't want to give him the keys to get out the, the, the cage. Even though Dexter pleads with him, he reaches for his gun. Dexter snaps his neck like Bruce fucking Lee. Whaa! Down Logan goes, bye Logan, nice to know you. Um, Dexter then gets the keys, lets himself out, phones Harrison. Meanwhile, Harrison has not only left the hotel room, but he's went to see Audrey. Um, those two get down to a little bit of sweet, sweet loving. Um, and he wakes up kind of post-coital relations, uh, answering his phone, thinking it's his coach, ergo Logan, and finds out it's his dad who basically says, listen, you need to get the van, you need to meet me at the place where the white deer was. It's about time we got the fuck out of Dodge. So, of course, Harrison does this without thinking, wait a second, how did my dad, one, get my coach's phone, two, phone me, and three, get out of jail? This is all just weird. But he goes on instinct anyway to save his dad. Angela, on the meantime, she races out to Caldwell's property. She finds the, the bunker. She goes into the bunker, and she sees all the missing girls that she'd been investigating 
for years, including one Molly Park. That's right, our, our beloved podcaster. And of course, she's shot by this and she gets on, she's like calling for it. Logan at first, Logan does not answer his radio. She phones his mobile. Logan does not answer his mobile. She phones Teddy. Teddy answers and she's like, we need state troopers, FBI, CIA, the fucking National Guard, the military. I need it, like, searches of every in-house, outhouse, doghouse, barnhouse. Um, our fugitive's name is Dexter Morgan. You know, like she's like full on. And in a moment of clarity, She's like, have you heard from Logan? He's like, no, Logan's with you, Jim. And she's like, oh, fucking shit. The penny's dropped. He has played her for time. So she races back. Dexter, you know, now knows that she's on the... the, the she's on the... She's on the trail. And um, he's making a beeline. She arrives back at the uh, police station. She finds Logan dead. Uh, and is obviously like, ah! God damn you, Dexter! Um, and we then cut to Dexter making his way through the woods, running uh, very, very similar to his scene we saw in the opening of the season. He's running through and he uh, makes it to where Harrison is. And is like, listen, we need to abandon the vehicle here. You need to get your stuff. Come on with your dad. We're getting out of here. And Harrison is like, you you look hurt. Whose blood is that? And he's like, uh, and he's like, well, you phoned me for my coach's... Is that my fucking coach's blood on you? Is my coach dead? And Dexter's like, well, you know, he wouldn't let me go. Uh, and then Harrison does the switch. To be honest, the kind of switch that the TV show has been pushing you away from the entire season, but the one that actually makes... And you're going to hate me for saying this, internet. The one that actually makes narrative sense because Harrison hadn't actually killed anyone. And yes, he'd injured someone but he injured someone that was about to do a high school shooting he broke the arm of someone who was a bit of a dick and assaulted them during a wrestling match and Harrison's like wait like this all this like dark passenger stuff is 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 bullshit isn't it it's like this this passenger isn't a passenger this thing's driving you you like this you like the murder you're using the deaths of criminals as a fucking excuse, but you you can't control this. And Dexter's like, well, listen, I, I, for you, I will control it, but you need to come with me. And Harrison's like, but, like, no. Like, the reason... And he's like, well, no, listen, the dark passenger's in you as well. And he's like, well, no, it, it's not, though. Like, the reason that I am angry, one, I'm a fucking teenager, but two, you left me, you abandoned me. You are the reason I'm angry. And I will tell you right now, Man, the bookmarking of this episode and the very first episode of Dexter kind of made me smile a little bit whilst at the same time getting a really big sinking feeling in my stomach. Um, Harrison basically says to Dexter, you know, um, you know, I'm not going to go with you, uh, essentially. And Dexter's like, well, I, I need to go myself. And as he turns to walk away, we all knew it was coming. We knew as soon as Harrison got a fucking rifle... Um, it's Chekhov's rifle, isn't it? Uh, you know, like when you give someone a weapon in a movie, um, that will be used in a movie somewhere for death. You know, if you see someone like wield an axe to chop wood, that axe will be wielded later on in the movie to take a head off. That's how you write. Um, and of course, Harrison gets the rifle out, holds his dad, and um, he's like, listen, if, you know, 
if I stay around here, I'm going to get caught. And Harrison's like, well, maybe you need to get caught. Like, if you want to be in my life, you have to face the consequences. And Dexter's like, but they'll give me the death penalty. And he's like, well, maybe that's what you deserve. Like, is my mum, would my mum still be alive if it wasn't for you? Um, you know, would Deb still be alive if it wasn't for you? Um, what would my life be like if it wasn't for you? And then he uses a line, and this line is poignant. Uh, I think it may have flew over some of people's uh, attentions. He says, open your eyes and look what you've done. And that is essentially what Dexter says to his very first victim in the very first episode of Dexter. Because he then threatens to cut the guy's eyelids off and make him see what he's done. But he's like, look at your eyes and see what you've done. And that's where the penny should drop for the viewers that look at the bodies, look at the, the death, and Dexter is essentially the thing he's been hunting. He's a killer. Yes, we've enjoyed the journey with Dexter. We've we follow him killing pedophiles and serial killers and rapists and, you know, like bad fucking self-help people that taught people to kill themselves and all the rest. But Dexter has hundreds of bodies to his name. And yeah, he's killed some bad guys, but he's also killed innocents. And notwithstanding all that, he has killed. He's a bad guy. We love him. But he's a bad guy. You cannot be an anti-hero without remembering the anti in the hero phrase. He does bad things. And Harrison telling him to open his eyes and see what he's done causes Dexter to have a flashback through some of the people that he knew. So we get flashbacks to... It's like a, it's like the, the, the Oscars. Here are the actors who have died. The music starts playing and we get a, a little bit of Dokes, a little bit of La Guerra. I don't know if we got Rita, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, but we did get a little bit of Debs. Um, all these people that are now no longer... We got James Remar, so we got a little bit of Harry. And Dexter does what some of us kind of concluded was going to happen at the end of this season. He tells Harrison to take the safety off and make sure he hits him in the chest. Uh, he needs to pay for what he's done. You get the inner monologue of Dexter saying that he's never felt love for anything, but he feels love in this moment. And Harrison takes a shot, shoots him in the chest. Uh, Debs is there holding his hand briefly before letting it go in the snow. Symbolic, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know if that's the indication that Dexter is now dead or that he's not going to the same place Debs going. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Dexter dies and then Angela shows up and Harrison resigns himself to the fact that he's going to go to prison for what he's done and Angela gives him a big wad of cash. Uh, tells him to get in the van, hit the road and never come back and she's going to cover for him. But she does. She cleans the rifle um, and stacks the evidence in such a way that they'll never look for Harrison. Um, and Harrison goes on the road, driving away. Uh, and as he's doing that, um, he gets the letter, the original letter that he brought with him in episode two from Dexter to Hannah and he reads it out, and Dexter's kind of monologue goes over about essentially how he has to die for Harrison to live. And that is the end of Dexter, and the end of Dexter New Blood. 
I'm not mad <laughs> at all that Dexter's dead. I think with that character being gone now, that puts to rest what fucking eight years of people bugging Michael C. Hall to come back and do something. Um, I think that to me makes more sense. Did I want Dexter to actually get caught and face his crimes? I'll tell you why I didn't, because he would have walked for them. He would have walked for all of this. Um, if Dexter had thought for two seconds, it would never have went down for Kurt Caldwell. There's no evidence that he did it at all. No evidence that he wouldn't walked away from. If he doesn't get arrested there for that, it's Batista trying to arrest him for what? Laguerta's death, which he didn't do. Um, it doesn't fit the, the modus operandi of the Bay Harbor Butcher. And he's not going to do time for the Bay Harbor Butcher murders either because Dokes was done for the killings of the Bay Harbor Butcher. So, Dexter walks from that as well. So, I like, I, I don't see that as being, like, narratively pleasing. So they kill him off, which to me is the logical thing to do. It's kind of what they wanted to do, but I think kind of copped out on at the end of uh, season eight. I think they wanted to kill him off, but I think they gave that last little shot there because they knew fans would be outraged, which guess what? Fans are outraged. But at this day and age, you can't please everyone, so you might as well please the people writing the story. And this kind of felt true to the character I felt personally. The Batista stuff is fluff. It adds nothing to this episode, and I'm actually... I could have removed that and it wouldn't really have impacted the show. You could still have had Dexter doing the kind of fight or flight thing. Uh, Harrison turning on his dad, I mean, kind of makes sense. He never really, did, like, Dexter made the assumption that he had the dark passenger and Dexter misread it because Dexter misreads human emotions. <laughs> like, that's a, that's a given. We've seen that all the way through it. He assumes that Harrison is essentially the you know the the keeper of the dark passenger and i mean he might be on some level and we'll get into uh some of this the conversations are going around and maybe why this might not be the end of the character of dexter um in a couple of minutes but him kind of choosing to do the right thing and i would say the anger that he's had all this time living it out on the right person made sense to me um Angela letting them go made zero fucking sense that's that's a, a kind of big old plot hole there um and you've just got to imagine she's a fucking broken character now not only was she fucking potentially the worst serial killer of all time of which he will never be seen as that because there's no evidence that he did it out with some needle marks that's not gonna stick um uh, but yeah, Kurt Caldwell, a guy who owned a business across the road from her, um, was in all the time and was friends with everyone in there, not only murdered her best friend, but loads of women in the area and she suspected fucking nothing. Um, so there's that as well. She's ruined. Uh, there's a podcaster dead, so let's pour out a 40 on the fallen grave of Molly Parks. Um, and yeah, Harrison driving off it's kind of the it's kind of a weird conclusion. It's a circle of life. He arrived to cause enough turmoil for Dexter that Dexter himself would be met with the ending or the justice question mark. 
that should have been uh, levied long ago. And on that, he's back on the road with no one. Yeah, I, I mean, for the most part, I liked a lot of this episode. I don't think it's near the best of this season, but I think it gives us an ending which feels much more satisfying than Dexter the Lumberjack. In terms of a score for this one, I'd give it a four. I think it does a lot well. I think Michael C. Hall is fucking great in this episode. Like, proper full-on acting chops that remind you why he is a great actor and why he is one of the best characters um, in TV history, in my opinion. It's kind of sad to see him die, but at the same time, it kind of puts to bed all the stuff we've been talking about, about do they only do one, do they continue on? Um, the stuff I was talking about is there is talk of maybe this killing um, awakens, now that he's got a taste for blood, maybe this awakens Harrison's Dark Passenger. Uh, Clyde Phillips himself has, in interviews today, said that he would be down to clown on a spin-off which follows Harrison uh, as a killer. And he said it, that's what he wants, to, you know, if that came up he would do it in a second. But I, I, realistically, it's with Showtime, and I don't know if Showtime, unless the numbers were fucking great on this, I don't see Showtime going down the road of well, yeah, it's time to, it's time to you know dust off a brand new show for Dexter, uh, but we're going to call this one Harrison. Um, I think if they did do it, they would be remiss not to use Dexter as the kind of uh, surrogate Harry slash Debs. Um, but Michael C. Hall is such a prominent actor that I don't know if he'd come back on to do that, to be honest. So if it ever did go ahead, it would be an interesting role. I would certainly watch it. I like the Harrison character. I think he's really, really interesting. And to see him with enough knowledge of the code trying to take the teachings of Dexter on the road, that could be quite interesting. I just don't see us getting it. And I think we just need to move on from that overall um yeah I, 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 let's be let's be like brutally frank here uh the ending was most certainly has pissed off a lot of people could they handle that and made it a bit neater i think so i would have given this series an extra two episodes and fleshed that out a bit more it kind of felt rushed in the last episode that being said i liked it i liked it i i like closure in tv shows like we don't get a lot of that these days. TV shows are cancelled before we get closure. The fact that we did get a closure which was dumb before and the show writers came back and according to Clyde Phillips in the interview that I read to today um, after viewing the episode, ladies and gents, um, he basically said that it was the plan from the start. The reason he managed to get Michael C. Hall involved and all the rest was they were going to kill off the character. And I imagine if you're Michael C. Hall, you want to do that. One, because you get to go back on telly and play a great character. But two, it puts to bed the million questions of when are you going to play Dexter again? So that's gone. We're not going to get that again. Uh, this season's been awesome. Like Whether you like the ending or not, the season has been fucking great. TV shows rarely get an ending that pleases everyone. And I think this one did... It did it justice, man. It really, really did. I am a huge Dexter fan. Like, massive. I, I mean, I've mentioned right in the, the very first episode we did for this. 
My three dogs are named after characters from the book. Um, I own all the books. I've done all the audiobooks. I've got the graphic novels. I played the mobile game. I've watched the seasons many, many, many times over. And it's it was my TV show. Um, and I, I loved it dearly. I love everything they've done with this, bringing this back. I think it's been a, a triumph. Um, and the ending, whether you liked it or not, gives finality to one of the great characters in TV history. Yes, yeah, some of the narrative didn't quite always make sense. There was that oil baron guy, remember the, the kind of tycoon dude? Never came back into it again. There was that, like, it looked like we were going to go somewhere with that. Never really happened. There was a, a kind of hint at some more of Kurt's shady dealings. We never really went deep with that. We never really went all that deep with why Kurt was a killer. And I feel in the previous seasons of Dexter, we would have spent more time doing that. But I put that down to this is 10 episodes and not 12. So it's kind of condensed it down. And some of that stuff has just fallen by the wayside, sadly. So there we go. Anyway... Ladies and gents, it has been phenomenal chatting about Dexter. We will be doing more horror TV shows this year. That is a definite. As and when a new one comes on the TV, uh, that is not a, we're releasing everything day zero. Um, we will chat more. We will chat more about this one. Uh, I will probably do a review on a bonus episode of Archive 81, just because I love the podcast and it's dropping on Netflix at uh, the end of this week, on Friday, this this Friday coming, it looks fucking great. Uh, but yeah, we will do more horror TV shows somewhere down the road. And with that, I'm going to take my final break. When I come back, I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been episode 339 this was looking at the 10th episode the finale of dexter new blood um i've had a ton of fun doing this like i said before the break and we'll see where uh 2022 takes us with more tv content there's a multitude of ways to check out the podcast under the stairs wherever you're listening to this right now hit subscribe that way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of teapots content do not stop there ladies and gents hit a little subscribe on the teapots collective the sister feed of this show you get on that feed shows like opera omnia doing the nasty chronicle and where to begin with with their archives as well subscribing to the teapots collective and podcast under the stairs is the best way to support what i do under the stairs alternatively you can jump across to our website tputtscast.com links to all the shows are there as well as a link to Jaws's shite and other regrettable outbursts it's a booze based banter entertainment podcast featuring myself the Baz and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs Evil we are returning this month uh, after a month off where we all met up in like real time face to face and got very drunk at Liam's so I dare say stories will tumble out about that uh, however if you want to listen to those episodes we've got about six or seven up there um and on those episodes we talk about terrible life choices while drinking um we do weird news stories from around the world as well as read out your listener emails jaws is shite and other regrettable outbursts exclusively available on tputtscast.com 
If you want to interact with me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast for the podcast under the stairs. Uh, to do the Teapots Collective, it is quite simply facebook.com forward slash teapotscast because that is the Facebook page. For Jaws's Shite, it is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash pod. You can reach out and interact with myself and the sexy, sexy Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness. Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at teapotscast. The Podcast Under the Stairs returns for your listening pleasure, ladies and gents, this Thursday as we kick off a brand new year of movie club content, bringing you a director that I fucking love and a four-part series that will start off this year and a four-part series that will conclude this year full show. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. And until then, wherever you are, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. (laughs) 